Thanks for tuning in to Game Time with Zach and Jamir. My name is Jamir Wilson, and I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. Today, the name of the game is our first blockbuster, where we will discuss the impact of the four-team trade that landed James Harden in Brooklyn, as well as discussing current events taking place in the NBA, like surprising players and teams. But first, I would be remiss if I did not give my condolences to the family award-winning NBA analyst, Sekou Smith, rest in peace. And start off a basketball podcast of any kind without talking about the passing of the legend, hero, tenacious competitor, five-time NBA champion, league MVP in 2008, two-time finals MVP in 2009-2010, 18-time All-Star, two-time scoring champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist, as well as a huge influence on many of today's NBA stars, and most importantly, a loving father and husband, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, his beloved daughter, Gianna Bryant, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and Aura Zabayan all lost their lives but will never be forgotten in the Game Time podcast sends our deepest condolences and best regards to the loved ones of those who were lost. Now, before we get back to the current NBA season, talking about what Kobe meant to the sport as well as his impact beyond the game, his legacy, and our favorite Kobe Bryant moment feels like the appropriate thing to do. So, Zach, take it away. Yes, thanks, Jameer, for that intro. I just want to say, in regards to Seku Smith, I remember growing up, after school every day, I'd go home and log on to NBA.com on our family computer and just go read articles written by Seku Smith just to you know get different perspectives and to see what's going on in the NBA. So yeah, rest in peace to him and a big thank you to him for all the work that he did. And for Kobe, I want to just jump to the legacy part real quick because people think him as the greatest player of all time. And that just goes to show how great he was on the court. But his personality was bigger than basketball. Like the day he died will be memorable to billions of people across the world. Everyone's gonna remember the day and what they were doing that, that day. And that's, there's very few celebrities whose, celebrity deaths who's like, who people will just remember that day so vividly. And I remember my mom calling me that day, just asking if I was okay, because she's not the hugest basketball fan. She'll watch with the family, but she's not watching every day. She just called me and my brother just to make sure we were okay, because she understood how much Kobe meant to the game of basketball. And in terms of his impact, I just want to say, talk about the whole idea of mob mentality, putting in the work to get to where you want to be. Like a lot of people definitely vibe with that, even if they're not the hugest basketball fan, they understand that that was part of Kobe's identity as a basketball player and that he had to work hard to make things happen. And my favorite Kobe moment was definitely hard for me to pick because there are just so many, the man was in the league for 20 years is going crazy. But I think my favorite moment was his final game just because most legends, whether just in basketball or any other profession, they sometimes just have a unceremonious ending, but Kobe went out Kobe Bryant. Like he went out in a way that was worthy of someone of his stature. I just think that's amazing that he was able to go out in the, in the way that 
only Kobe could go out getting 60 points in his final game. Like, I don't think we'll see something like that ever again in our lifetimes. So I just want to ask you, Jameer, how, what is your, what are some of your favorite Kobe memories and what are you going to think about his legacy and his impact beyond the game? In terms of my favorite moments with Kobe Bryant, I will piggyback off of your point about his 60 point game to close out his career. That was epic. And you know, 60 points in any game is epic, but especially considering the fact that Kobe Bryant was in his final season, his 20th season and his last game, so many people came to watch him in a sellout crowd. And he was challenged by Shaquille O'Neal to get 50 before the game even started. And it was so mob of him to exceed that and get 60. So that was epic. Uh, and then when we talk about his impact beyond the game, he was the ultimate Laker playing there for 20 years. Um, he's synonymous with LA. He also was a big Philly guy. Um, I love I love him for that. Being both Eagles fans, I, you know, he was shouting expletives when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, he also was a very big international figure when he went to other places. Him being, you know, bilingual, having multiple languages at his disposal. Uh, in, in many places, like LeBron had a quote, he said he thought he was famous until he was in China with Kobe. And that's just how big he was around the world. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody loved what he was, what he was about. The, yeah, and how he inspired people all around the world where even down to something as small as shooting into a basketball, like a, a garbage can, with a paper basketball and you shouting Kobe, you know, that's, that's just, that's just iconic. And those are things that you can't, those are things you can't replicate without the work that he put in. So just, yeah, I think, I, I think I'm pretty good to leave it at that. I think we know how much of an immortal figure he was his impact beyond the game was special. He was willing to challenge Michael Jordan and an era of players that were motivated and inspired by Michael Jordan. And for me, also my favorite Kobe moment, I have to get into my favorite Kobe moment. When we talk about immortality and being unstoppable, he dropped 81 on the Toronto Raptors. And so many people know you know, everybody talks about how he dropped 81 on Jalen Rose. And that's just that's just special. The second all-time scoring game, that's ridiculous. And the only, you know, the, the number one guy is Will Chamberlain, and he was doing it against anybody. <laughs> He's, yeah, plumbers, just anybody. Just guys that, yeah, like guys that wouldn't be able to, you know, tied the shoes of the guys that that Garvey, that Kobe had to deal with. So that's that's just special. And he's a special person, and it will never ever be forgotten. <clears throat> and now, 
I think it would be a good time to discuss another great shooting guard. The name of that shooting guard is James Harden, who was traded in a four-team trade involving the Houston Rockets, the Brooklyn Nets, the Indiana Pacers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to discuss who won the trade and how this trade impacts the landscape of the NBA season going forward. So, Zach, how, who won the trade and how does it impact this season? I mean, picking a winner for this trade in particular was hard for me because I feel like everyone involved actually gained something, which is not always the reality, especially when there's four teams involved. So I'm impressed with everyone's outcome. If I had to pick a winner, I would pick the Rockets because they got eight draft picks, four unprotected, and then four of them are pick swaps. So they get the best pick between them and the Nets. And one of the picks is with the, the Bucks. So they're, the Rockets, will, in theory, will be worse than those teams for the first few years. And afterwards, they'll be the better team and still get the best pick, assuming players get old and things like that. So I feel like with that, the Rockets – one and then on top of that, they got Old Depot, who is still very solid on an expiring contract. He's a free agent next year. So they're gonna have a lot of money opened up for the 2020, 2021 free agency free period. And then they got Karooks from the Nets, who's not that good, but he can shoot. So that's cool. And he's a cool name. <laughs> so I think they won with that. And then yeah, I just say I feel like they won. The Cavs did good. I want to shout to the Cavs just because. He got Jarrett Allen for nothing, which is weird because the Nets traded him for no reason, it feels like, because Jarrett Allen only makes like $4 million per season. So his contract's not even – shouldn't have even been a big factor into getting the trade to be pulled off, especially since they gave him to a random outside team. So that was interesting to me. But in terms of the impact on the league right now, I feel like the Lakers are still the favorite to win the title. And the Nets, once they get once they get those buyout players and fill out their roster, I think they will definitely be the best team in the East. They definitely have the most star power, but right now they are porous on defense, to say the least. They have DeAndre Jordan is just name brand at this point. That man is mid <laughs> mid-pack beyond belief. <laughs> He's getting torched by everybody. <laughs> Man, let Bam out of aisle get 41. Like, Bam's oh nice, but a 41 piece? I don't know. It's just got him looking like <laughs> Anthony Davis, bro. So, I don't know about the Nets right now. Come April or whenever the buyout season is, whenever the buyouts happen, they get, you know, the guys trying to win rings. Then they can fill out their roster and get some more defensive players. We know they, they're trying to get another center and – NBA Central on Twitter claims that Andre Drummond's on his way to Brooklyn after a buyout, which is ridiculous, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, I still think the Lakers win regardless, but that's barring any major moves by the Nets. And just in terms of draft capital and financial constraints, they're limited to do to get bought out. So it's going to be interesting to see how they maneuver that period. How about you, Jameer? Who do you think won the trade? And what's your how do you feel about the NBA landscape after this trade? I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. I think Brooklyn won this trade. And 
I think Houston is the one B in this situation because I think the one A, the one A. I say I say that because you play this game to win championships. You play to ultimately bring championships home, mm-hmm. and the Brooklyn Nets have done have made a super like a a, a big move in service of winning a championship, and you know James Harden. What he does is they are now so souped up as a team and top loaded that, as you said, if they fill out their roster properly, which I'm assuming any ring chasing, any ring chasing individual looking for a ring is going to run to Brooklyn in a hurry trying to get a ring. So if they fill out their roster properly, and it's gonna, it's gonna definitely gonna, it's definitely gonna be buyout period for them, or bust. But I think they will definitely run through the East as long as they fill out their roster because they can't defend, they can't defend a park car either. Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill's quote about the Wizards, they can't defend anything. Mm-hmm. They can't defend a soul right now. So uh, yeah, and then like DeAndre Jordan. He's been he's 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 mid to say the least. That's that's no no doubt about it. No question about it. Jeff Green, he's a fake defender. He he just a big a big perimeter guy that just run around. He shoot a three every now and then. That's cool. But Rock blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right, but he's no he's no lockdown defender either. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think ultimately that move locks them in as probably the second best team in the league if they round out the team. If they don't round out the team, they still could be beat by a team with a puncher's chance like Boston or uh, Miami if they get themselves together. Even yeah, potentially, yeah, Philly. Philly has been outstanding. So Philly or a Milwaukee team even. If 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 they figure it out, because uh, I don't think DeAndre Jordan has a chance against Giannis Antetokounmpo at the moment. No, <laughs> that would be <laughs> that. Yeah, that would. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they like any any of those guys right now. Trying to run into any of them. What'd you say? So they beat them off a game winner not too long ago when Harden missed. Got the rebound and kicked it to KD, and then KD hit the triple. Yeah, that yeah. Was, so. That was kind of interesting to see, just the fact that you have Harden taking game-winning shots, and he can just get the board throw it to Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's just outrageous, but that's you know, ridiculous. <laughs> they still can't play no defense. Still can't defend a park car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then uh, I, I agree with you 110 percent that the the Los Angeles Lakers are still the favorite, regardless of how suited up they are, uh, you know, even with Kyrie Irving back, that doesn't mean a thing until they, they fill out this roster because this roster is just it's, – it's incomplete, as top-loaded as it is. And it, it, they, need, they need a couple role players, and they need somebody who can actually step in front of someone and get a stop. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, yeah, you know, the landscape, let's discuss who's been disappointing and surprising thus far. So, Jameer, what's one team that's been pleasantly surprising for you and another team that's been extremely disappointing? 
Okay, so pleasantly surprising. I would have to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers as my surprise team right now. Uh, they're currently ranked sixth Eastern Conference with a nine and nine record. They are ranked 29th on offense, which is horrible, but they are ranked seventh on defense, and defense wins championships. And they've, you know, they've had some injuries with Colin Sexton and Kevin Love missing significant time, but Colin Sexton has been playing outstanding when he's been on the floor. Uh, Andre Drummond has been playing well, although there's some reports that he might be out soon. They got Jared Allen, which will help them. Uh, JaVale McGee has played well. So I, I think they've been a pleasant surprise, and I think with the defense like that, they could possibly make a, you know make a case that they can get to the playoffs. And uh, they beat Brooklyn twice. <laughs> they, the Brooklyn Nets, the, the souped-up Brooklyn Nets, they beat them twice. So that was a surprise. And then when we talk about disappointments, this team isn't really disappointing from my perspective because I wasn't big on them to begin with. But New Orleans Pelicans, who are ranked 22nd on offense and 20th on defense, no major injuries, and the league bends the schedule to feature them. They're 6-10, and 10, and they're ranked 14th, which is second to last in the Western Conference. That is disgusting. You have two top 20, you have two players who can score 20 points a game. You trade for Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe in the offseason. So your defense should not be that bad. And, you know, they, I'm, if, you know, I'm just going to be blunt with it. The league rides Zion Williamson's jock strap. <laughs> and this man can't get you a W. That boy nice. That is uh, – he's nice. He's great. But they not winning no games. So why why are they on national television playing the Lakers, playing the Heat, playing the Suns? Why are they on national television just to lose every time they're on national television? And then right now they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Obviously, it's a 72-game season. There's still time to rally. But at the moment, they're disappointing. Like. There are also rumors that Lonzo and JJ are both on their way out, Isn't which that? are major moves. That what was that? That's because they're struggling. That boy's part of the reason why the Pelicans are poo-poo right now. Lonzo is shooting like 40% from the field and like less than 30 from the three. He out there just exactly. throwing up bricks. JJ Reddick's shooting 30%, which is unbelievable. Like Exactly. Something's not right over there. I don't know because you don't have JJ Reddick shooting bad. Like he's never had a bad shooting season prior in his life. <laughs> so right, like even just right. before exactly. NBA high school, middle school, he's probably never been a bad shooter ever. So it's just interesting. Right, right, exactly. You 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 even see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I see it. And me and you, <laughs> me and you, me and you had a little a little you know discussion about this like the, the Christmas Day matchups and I said New Orleans didn't deserve a spot in on Christmas because I felt like Philadelphia is a better team. You have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. 
And I felt like the Sixers should have gotten a Christmas Day spot against the Heat, in which the Heat wound up scorching the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. And that was just a preview to what has been happening. So <laughs> I think I think I was proven right because Joel Embiid is currently an MVP candidate. And last night the Sixers will beat the Lakers. So mm -hmm. hey. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but Zach, um, I'm going to hand it to you. Who's been pleasantly surprising and who's been very disappointing for you? All right, so my surprise is the Knicks. People know on Twitter I love clouding the Knicks because it's just funny. They're it's just too easy. Oh, oh Lord. But yeah. My boy Julius Randle, I'm a big Julius Randle guy. I'm glad he's playing amazing. He's looking like an all-star this year. R.J. Barrett is definitely playing very well as well. People were talking. I feel like he got some undeserved disrespect last year as a rookie. But now, you know, he's definitely proving that he belongs. He's, he was worth a second overall pick. He's not the second best player from that draft. But he's proving that he's proving to people why he was drafted high in the lottery. Right. Thibodeau hasn't playing great defense. Their offense is poor. But, you know, when <laughs> – when you're starting Alfred Payton and he's just chucking up anything, it is what it is. That that dude ain't their rookie, good. Emmanuel Quickly, has the best floater I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that man's floater. <laughs> you can see Louis catch like a six-minute highlight of his floaters, and the dude's only been played like 19 NBA games. Like the man's floater is godly. He needs to teach That's a class right. on floaters. But if you're gonna talk about disappointments. I'm going to have to go with the Wizards. I didn't think they were going to be, like, a juggernaut, but <laughs> they're worse than the, the Pistons right now. And it's just like, you got Bradley Beal averaging 35 a game. And as he posted on the game time Instagram, the man lost 10 straight games scoring 40-plus points, which just sounds unbelievable. And this and Westbrook is out here throwing up anything, Missing everything. You said his name wrong. You said his <laughs> name wrong. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Man is out there playing like a scrub, averaging like five turnovers a game. And anyone who's not those two is just playing so bad. Rui Hachimura is not – He has. he's been okay. I like Rui Hachimura. We can't stop him. Yeah, he's, he's cool. They got a Thomas Bryant injury, which is disappointing. But nonetheless, a Thomas Bryant injury should not mean the death of your season. Like, that just shows right. how And for those of you right. that are following, like, NBA Twitter and stuff, I'm sure you've seen the videos of Bradley Beal on the bench literally praying for help. Like, the man is struggling. I Free, free Bradley Beal, man. He's to get out of there. Hashtag free Bradley Beal. That man. It's free him, too. They free him. We're in prison, bro. That definitely is the most disappointing team. I thought they'd be a playing contender, but they're contending. So picking the lottery. <laughs> it is. Hello. Preach. <laughs> My God. Uh, and in the spirit of surprises, we have some most improved player and all rookie team candidates that we would like to highlight. So, Zach. Can you tell me about a surprising young player who's currently overperforming 
and under the radarky that people aren't talking about? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with the most approved candidate right now. And I just wanna talk about Jeremy Grant. And before we got to Detroit, everyone's seen him as, you know, a high level role player, plays great defense, learned how to shoot in the last few years, can rotate, very versatile player. But now he's averaging 24 points per game. That boy balling. Hitting threes at a very high clip. And the team's not winning much. But the man's proven that he can definitely step up and he's more than a role player. Like when Detroit gave him that $20 million contract, everyone was like, you know, so confused as to why they overpaid for Jeremy Grant, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But Jeremy Grant has proven that he's definitely worth $20 million. And while, like I said, they're not winning much games because the rest of the team around him is so abysmal. But that man is at least making a case for an all-star spot as well. And he's proving he's proven that that bet on himself that he made this offseason rather than taking the potentially lower offer from Denver or any other team. He's proven that taking that bet on himself was definitely worth it. And it's gonna play out very well for him in the future, I can I can say. And a rookie who's definitely been overperforming or playing better than people expected, I should say, is my boy Peyton Pritchard. As you know, I'm a Celtics guy, so I'm definitely watch, love me some Pritchard uh, highlights. But the man's a, a knockdown shooter, a very surprisingly good defender, despite being 6'1 and like 185. He plays great defense, plays hard. He's always making good decisions, especially for a young rookie player. And he has a game winner under his belt. Like, I think only Cole Anthony's the other, other rookie can say that. So Pritchard's definitely stone cold. He does what he has to do. And while he won't get the chance to start just because Kemba Walker's there and they paid Jeff T to be the backup point guard. So Pritchard's fighting just to get on the court at times. But that man's definitely proven to – he's proven to me that he's going to be in the league for at least a decade because his skill set is just so useful to any, any team. Like, he's the perfect backup point guard right now. That's right. How about you, Jameer? What are some – what's a surprising young player in your eyes and – uh, under the radar rookie. When we talk about surprises and surprise players, um, I want to take it right back to your surprise team and talk about Julius Randle. He currently averages 22 and a half points a game, 11 rebounds a game, six assists a game, and he's gone up from 19 and a half, 9.7 and three. And he's shooting at about 47% from the field, 35 from triple and 81 from the free throw line and he's never finished over 73.3%. He's played very, very well. He's gone from a player who on his first night had a catastrophic injury to a player who has been consistently hovering around a double-double, if not that, you know, exactly that. Uh, he's starting playing about 36 minutes for a team that has the number one defense, so defensively he's he's got to be playing well. <laughs> Obviously, no doubt. Just yeah, I think just he's he's been such a big surprise, and I mean, I don't like it's it's shocking that he doesn't get the recognition that he deserve you know, that he gets because he's been he's been solid, but I just think now that he's in New York, his impact has been, you know, 
more recognized because he's in a big market. His team is winning somewhat. And under Tom Thibodeau with the number one defense, they're playing pretty well. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's in the most improved player argument. And he's also he also has some all-star uh, hopes, some all-star game hopes. I don't know if he'll get there, but there's some chance that he can get there. And then when we talk about an under-the-radar rookie, I'm going to go to the 12th overall pick, Tyrese Halliburton, who's shooting 40, 45.7% from triple. And he's shooting almost five threes a game. So that's pretty, that's pretty damn good. Um, 48 and a half percent from the field, 11 points a game, 81% from the free throw line, five assists. And then he's playing well defensively as well with over a steal a game and almost a block a game, which is impressive for a guard. Uh, he's not going to get the recognition that he deserves because he's playing in Sacramento, but He's played pretty well, and I think if he continues to shoot 40-plus percent from triple, he will last a very long time. Like, as you said about Peyton Pritchard, he should be in the league at least a decade. If you can shoot 40-plus percent from the three-point line and defend at any level, like, especially if you're a really good defender, if you're tough and you step in front of somebody and at least try to get stops, you're going to get a contract almost every year, regardless of how, you know, just no matter what happens, you're going to wind up getting a contract because shooting is such a viable commodity nowadays, especially 45% from the three-point line as a rookie. And you're shooting five threes. It's not like you're taking one or two threes a game and – you know, you just happen to be like uh, lucky to make some. Your point, you're playing pretty impressively. So, yeah, and he's also proving with five assists a game that he has some playmaking ability as well. So, I think that Tyrese Halliburton really has uh, some potential and has a chance to be a big name in this league one day. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like Tyrese Halliburton has a great shot at being a starting point guard on some team very soon, in the next few years. The Kings is not going to happen. They just maxed out De'Aaron Fox. So good luck starting there. And Buddy Hill just got paid as well. So the guard spots there are kind of locked up. But there comes a point in time where the Kings fumble the bag with another guard, as like, like they did with uh, Bogdan this past offseason. Yeah, and absolutely. I think Tyrese Halliburton has a shot at being a starter elsewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Just go, on, just go back on Randall real quick. I feel like he's been getting flack unnecessarily, in my opinion, for the last few years. Like, the man averaged 20 and 10 with New Orleans two seasons ago, and right. everyone was acting like, you know, he was trash. And I'm just like, you know, you get 20 right. and 10, like, you're, you're tough. Like, you're not some shit. Like, it's not, that's not easy to get 20 and Absolutely. 10. Absolutely. Yeah. I, People are surprised that Randall's doing great. But, you know, this is a, he's definitely playing better than he, than he ever has, no doubt. But I'm always missing him. So shout out to Julius Randall, man. Facts. That man is hooping. No doubt. And uh, now that we've covered some of the major trends this season, we thought it'd be fun to play a game of by ourselves. And 
in this game, we'll each make a statement and the other will decide whether to buy or sell. So, you know, since everyone's talking about stocks, you can think of it that way. You know, <laughs> GameStop and all that going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jameer. So my first question or statement, excuse me. The New York Knicks, 8-11, and 11, currently a seed, will make the playoffs. Wow, that's a tough one. I'm going to say that the New York Knicks will miss the playoffs, and I will sell on that. Ooh. The only reason why I said is because although they are the number one defense, I don't know that enough. Like they just, they're just not good enough on offense, and I don't think they have enough like firepower to get in, even if they got in a playoff, a play-in. So okay. that's why I think the Knicks won't make it. That's fair. I'm not saying whether I'm buying or selling. I'm not sure myself, but I will say if they start quickly, <laughs> instead of giving Peyton all these unnecessary minutes to be out there looking like some shit, I think the Knicks will have a good shot because <laughs> that man quickly is actually <laughs> very good. They need to stop. Yeah. And they've been trying to get a point guard for like five years. Just gathered all the cards, and they finally have a decent one, and they just refuse to start him. I'm just very confused. I don't know. That's fact. Was a veteran guy, so I guess that's what it is. He doesn't trust a rookie running his offense. But like, right? Let's be logical here. Look at the numbers. <laughs> like, quickly is better than Peyton. So let's cut the bullshit. But, it might be the defense too, though. I don't know. Maybe, but. Knicks look for the old Knicks game I've seen. Knicks games I've seen, they look just fine with quickly on the court. Yeah, I digress. Next statement: The Raptors will not have an All Star this season. I'm gonna buy on that. I I don't see anybody on that team making it. Like the only person who would have been a legit candidate in the first place would have been Pascal Siakam and. He hasn't. He hasn't done much of anything. So I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy on that. Yeah. Plus, yeah. on top of that, not just because that they haven't done. Though I think, for example, we're talking about like Julius Randle and guys like that. There's so many forwards in the East right now that are playing well. You got Sabonis, KD, Giannis, Joel. Uh, you, you, Julius Randle, you have so many guys that you can put ahead of him right now. Easily. And Tobias Harris, too. He has a better yes, Tobias Harris. He has a better shot than that means balling right now. Nah, you, know, you know Tobias Harris, my boy. I'm a big Tobias Harris fan. As much hell as I gave Tobias Harris before the season started, he is starting to prove to me that he can do what he got to do. Mm -hmm. well, speaking of Tobias Harris, actually, this is my next statement. Tobias Harris uh -oh. makes the All Star team. I hate to do it, but I'm going to sell on that only because I just think I, I just I just feel like there are just so many other guys that are going to get more note like more than he is, just more. Um, recognition and he is like again like a Sabonis or KD uh Giannis there's just too many guys I feel like to overtake him mm -hmm. and I, I, I yeah I, I don't like have to sneak in and I don't think there's room for him to sneak in 
Yeah, I'd agree. I want Tobias to make it, but I don't see it happening. <laughs> I just don't. You know, you, like we didn't even mention Bam, for example, like Bam out of Io, he's definitely right. he's gonna make it. So right. Yeah. Shouts to Tobias Harris though. That's a nice little game winner he had. Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. When when I, when he gets when he gets healthy again, he started playing on Monday actually, so he's back. So, so. it's a matter of him, you know, hooping again. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All right. So, I guess I'll transition into my questions. So, or statements. I'm sorry. My first buy or sell statement is buy or sell. Will the Cleveland Cavaliers surprise the league and get in the playoffs? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to buy. Ooh. I'm going to buy. I'm going to do this. Because Sexton and Darius Garland look like a very legitimate backcourt. And even though mm-hmm. they might leave, they're still going to happen for a time. And as you mentioned earlier, right. Kevin Love's hurt. Isaac Okoro, another rookie, pretty good. Exactly. Osmond's okay, I guess. He look, he's kind of kind of trash, but he has his moments. He'll get like a twenty piece. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know, Javale McGee's out here running point center, and they got Jerry Allen and yeah. the Nets for nothing. And they traded right. him for who was good, but apparently there's locker room turmoil between him and other players, so. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the Cavs have a good thing going. They have an amazing defense. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned earlier, the offense is abysmal, but they're playing defense well enough to win games. All right. They'll, I feel like they'll do it, especially if Colin Sexton gets this all-star selection. Mm-hmm. Like some players, as soon as they get that all-star selection, like they just level up. Like Jason Tatum last year, after he got that – after he got to the all-star game, the man was averaging 30 – like the, for the next month, yeah. So, and um, that has that just getting that recognition has a freeing effect on a lot of players. So I think yeah, he's another level once he because he will get make the All Star team this year unless people are crazy and make horrible decisions. <laughs> but right. I see him making it. So yeah, I'm buying. Yeah, and also just talking about their offense. Offense is going to get better just because of Colin Sexton. Now getting more minutes and being back, and mm-hmm. if Kevin Love ever comes back, their offense is going to only get stronger. Truly. Okay, my next statement would be: New Orleans will turn it around and get into the playoffs. Oh, I'm so in mad hard. <laughs> you, you, know, <laughs> you know, I mess with Zion, but <laughs> it just ain't happening, right? They just don't got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna like give a huge explanation. They just don't got it. Like, <laughs> that man, that man, Bledsoe. I don't know what he's doing there. They might get rid of him probably too. Lonzo looking like some real mid. Redick is shooting like I don't even know. I can't even figure out what he's shooting like. He's shooting like a regular player. Yeah, he's shooting like some scrub. Like. <laughs> He's shooting like he's a Patrick Beverly or something, bro. Yeah, and he's JJ Reddick. That's JJ Reddick. Like, that's really JJ Reddick. Like, he's a sniper. 
Or Tyreek jumpers, Tyreek Evans. They come in shooting like some shit. Oh my god, some cold bit. Oh my goodness. I'm selling hard because they can't even get they can't even make threes. They, their defense can't be good, which is surprising, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. They have in theory a starting five of plus defenders. So right. how they're managing to be piss poor is crazy. Bottom yeah. ten in both major categories, offense and defense. Let's move on. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he love that boy Zion and so did the league. That boy tough. <laughs> they, licked, they licked that man's nuts like he would never <laughs> believe. Oh my yeah. goodness. And then uh Utah will finish as a top three seed. Mm. I'm gonna buy. Mm-hmm. I was I was kind of high on them to begin with. I thought they were gonna be four, just because I expected Denver to not be this crushed by Jeremy Grant leaving. Mm-hmm. They were crushed by it, and just the way everything's played out, Utah has definitely proven to be the third best regular season team. The playoffs is another story, but yes, sir. They have gotten a lot more continuity and chemistry between, you know, the players who've been there for a few years and the newer additions from last season, such as Mike Conley and Bojan, Bojan Bogdanovic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can call him Bojan, Bojan the shooting man, because that man's mm-hmm. covers, yeah, but, yeah, man. Yeah, that man's like Yeah. So I feel like right now they have more continuity than a lot of other teams in the West. Yeah, I just feel like they'll manage to be a top three seed. Whether yeah. or not they're the third best, like come playoff time, I'm not sure. But at least for the regular season, I think they can manage to get the three seed. Yeah, I I, I would I would agree with that. Also, and it's it's funny. Mike Conley leaves the league in plus minus right now, which is dope. Sure. Yeah, that's interest. That is so interesting. They've and they've been playing really well, and um. Donovan Mitchell, he only averages like 24 a game, but he's playing really well. Yeah. So that's a good sign that he doesn't have to get 30 a night because he's asking a lot. Yeah, he's getting, I think he's going to get a little less love than he deserves, but because he, because we we already know what he can do. I felt like at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, yeah. Yeah, I was getting 50, multiple 50 point games last year. Like, like you can't even disrespect him no more. Like, the man's a bucket. (laughs) Like, you don't, Get fifty point games like three times in a series and be trash. Like that's not possible. Right. And then you know, all the Rudy Gobert jokes are gonna be around. A lot of people are gonna still talk about you know what happened with Rudy Gobert last year. But I think he's silencing that that slander just because of the fact that he's playing well. He's one of the best defensive bigs, if not the best defensive big in the game. And uh, yeah, the Utah Jazz have come ready to play this year. But no coincidence, Derek Favors goes back, and they're amazing. <laughs> yes, you know, you know Derek Favors is my guy. I'm just saying, should yeah, keep lost yeah. to me. I helped us out, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> if any any a, a big man of any kind would have <laughs> let's be let's be honest here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um. So before we go. 
we have some quick shout outs for some of me, some of the amazing accomplishments of women in basketball. Yeah. So Zach, take it away. All right, well, first, I think I just want to give a shout out to Asia Wilson. She got a whole statue at her alma mater, USC. And if you have a statue, you're a goat. So, I mean, that's just pretty amazing. She was the MVP of uh, the 2020 M WNBA season, and her team was the runner-up in the finals. And she's only in her third year in the WNBA, but as you can, based on the fact that she got a statue, her legend will just continue to grow. So I'm excited to watch her as a player and just see what she can accomplish as her career continues on. And Jameer, you want to take, take the next one? Yes. Uh, Nas Hillman setting a Wolverines record, men and women, Wolverines record for a 50-point game and also getting 16 rebounds. That's just dope. Um, just watching the highlights of the game was just impressive. You like Nas Hillman is a forward, and she was she's calling for the ball in the post. She's hitting spin moves on two people, making free throws, and you know she got a shout out from LeBron. Speaking of legend growing, when you get a shout out from LeBron, you know you're doing something. Oh God, <laughs> I think. She's going to continue to grow as a legend, as a great player, and someone who will wind up in the WNBA one day. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach, co-hosted by Jamir. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Don't, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ. Stay up to date on further content. And to listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and literally anywhere you can find podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on game time. <laughs> <laughs>